And good afternoon, good afternoon. I've been a lawyer on the radio for 25 years. Now I'm a lawyer without the radio, but I'm still doing a show. We're podcasting. We're giving it to you on the internet, streaming audio. You know how to do it. I mean, you're listening to the show. you got to tell a friend about it. We're going to get more listeners. Soon I'll have phone lines. We'll be in calls. We're going to do a show. You get your Lentillum fix. No commercials, no news, nothing else. Just straight lawyer, zip, zips. You want it now. You want it fast. It's the American way. Okay, let's start this show. Sylvia in San Jose, Lent Tillam. How come you're calling a lawyer, Sylvia? Hi, I just recently got arrested for domestic violence. Oh, no. What and, happened? Uh, me and my husband were fighting, and I ended up hitting him with the controller on the head. What? Wait, wait. The controller to what? The TV, the controller, the, like the TV controller. What? What? I hit him on the head with it. Uh, well, tell me what the fight was about. You must have been really mad. You hit him on the head with the controller. What happened? Um, I, to be honest, I was had a couple drinks. I don't quite remember. How How, how old are you, Sylvia? Thirty. And was he drinking too? No, no, he wasn't drinking at all. Okay, and you don't even know what the fight was about? Um, no, we, we we've been having problems throughout the week, and I'm. Sure, it was just marital problems we were having, and I I got mad, and I guess I hit him with the controller, and then he was trying to hold me down, and I felt like he was trying to seriously hurt me, so I ended up calling the cops on him, but yeah. I ended up getting arrested. You got so, arrested because um, what? They saw blood on his head? Right. It was He has a little bump, and I guess it was bleeding a little bit. So, okay, they arrested you. I bet you were yelling and screaming and a little bit drunk or a lot drunk when the cops showed up, right? I wasn't. No, I wasn't. How I wasn't. come? Wait, I got to ask you. Usually the guy gets arrested. Why do you think you got arrested? Um, I think it was, I don't, they said, well, we have kids together. And they said I, they didn't think I was safe to be around the kids. How old are I the kids? Well, I have four, uh, nine, seven, five, and two. So you're stopping at four, I hope, right? Enough. 30 yeah. years old, four kids. <laughs> yeah. Take care of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. Yeah, Take, yeah, yeah you don't no need more. any more kids. Okay. No. So. You got arrested. How much was bail? Uh, bail was set at twenty five thousand, but um, I got it at two thousand. Two thousand dollars out the window. Yes. Are you back in right. the family home? Yes. And your husband's there too. Yes. All right. You got arrested, I think, because you're the one who instigated, who started the violence. You know, right. you hit him with a TV remote, and if he held you down, that was, I guess reasonable force in his self-defense it doesn't matter the fact that right. you got a, it doesn't matter that he didn't get arrested because if he got arrested you'd be looking at at four thousand dollars to bondsman and you know you don't need that aggravation right. so here's how it's going to go down you're still together you can work it out um your husband can't be forced to testify against you unless he wants to um okay. you know he can refuse to testify and the da can't do anything about that the DA could introduce his evidence, whatever statements you made to the cops before you were arrested. So if you said to the cops, oh, yeah, I hit him in the head, you know, or you threw the remote control at him, or you, you know, when you called 911 or when they showed up, that could be enough. Look, okay. here's your goal. Do you and your husband make a lot of money or you don't have much money? Um, I don't work. He works. What he does he do? What does he do? He's uh, he's a glazer. He puts up windows. Okay. Windows. How much does he take home a week or uh, every two weeks? Every week, about a thousand dollars. All right, and you got four kids, right? Yeah. yeah. The, you know, your goal is to get into an anger management class, 
and get okay. what's called a deferred entry of judgment where you complete the program so you won't have a criminal record. Your other okay. goal, Sylvia, wouldn't be a bad idea. You got to do you have tell me the truth. Do you have a drinking problem? Um, no, I, I think you do. And here's why I think you have a drinking problem. Okay. If you get drunk enough that you hit somebody in the head and you get arrested for it, that's something you wouldn't have done if you weren't drinking, right? Right, right. That's a drinking problem. Alcohol help. You know, you got a problem there. So maybe stop drinking for a while or go to an AA meeting. That would be good, and especially if you can tell the judge, I'm going to AA and I'm not drinking. They like that. When do you have to go to court? In a week from now. All right. When you show up, say, Your Honor, I've got four kids. I'd like a public defender. Try and get one. and Or else, can I get into an anger management class? We don't have money. You know, you go to a lawyer, he's going to want $5,000. You don't have $5,000 right now, do you? No, I don't. You got to so say, we've got four kids. I'm not working. Um, and you can say, can I get an anger management class? I'm, I'm willing to work with it. I've been in AA. Something like that. You know, don't, or else just ask for public defenders, and they'll send you to the public defenders. See if you can get a lawyer for free, Okay. Okay. And Sylvia, and, um, stop drinking. Yeah. Stop. See, I, I hate to say this. Do you, I, I'm happy to say this. Do you think you could go 30 days without a drink? Yes. If you can go 30 days without a drink, oh, yes. you probably don't have a drinking problem. But if you're having a drink. I think, yes. And when you have a drink, do you usually wind up getting drunk? I mean, you can't stop at one, can you? Um, sometimes. Sometimes I just keep going. Yeah. That, that's a sign. Yeah. I'm an alcoholic. I, I've been yeah. in AA almost 30 years. I'm telling you right now. You can be 30 years old with four kids and have a drinking problem, Sylvia. If you wouldn't right. have got arrested, if you weren't drunk, you got a drinking problem. And it ain't that easy to stop drinking, you know? So maybe an AA meeting, but go get a public defender next week. Call me back. If you don't get a public defender, I'll help you with that too, okay? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Booze. You get drunk and you get stupid. Ugh. Anyway, you know the story. Sabine in San Francisco, Len Tillum. How come you're calling a lawyer, Sabine? Hi, Lynn. I just want to let you know that I don't miss a day of listening to you. Oh, thank you so much. What's going on? Well, I'm calling because my grandfather, who is now deceased, has 10 children by four different wives. And my mother is now deceased as well. Anyway, his estate was handled by one of the other wives' um, daughters. When did your grandfather die? He died in the 90s, and my mother died after him in the 90s. Okay, so did your mother get anything from your grandfather? Yes, she did, but now there's still more things and more property to dispose of. But wait, wait a second, your mother also died in the 90s, right? After my grandfather, yes. About 15 years ago? Yes. So when your mother died, what happened to her estate? Was she married at the time? No, my parents were divorced. Okay, so what happened to the stuff your mother inherited from her father, what happened to that when she died? Well, it was cash, so I guess she spent it. I don't. We didn't get any of that, so we imagine that she spent it. Okay. But what's happened is her half-sister was over my grandfather's estate. She has since died. Now, they, 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 I should say that um, some of his property, they already settled out and was dispersed between the children. There's still more property. And the one daughter has died, so I guess she passed everything over to her two brothers. So my question is, one, is that legal for to do? Can she kept, Could she have done that? And then the second No, no, wait, I'm is, sorry. I'm a little confused. Help me with this. Are we talking about property that your grandfather owned or property your mother owned when she died? 
No, my grandfather. He still has property and things to dispose of. Okay, so who he is still in, has property. And that one of your half sisters is in charge of your grandfather's estate. No, one of my half aunts. One of your half aunts. Okay. Yes. So but have he, you called yes. this woman up and said, "Hey, what's going on with this okay. estate?" She has since died of cancer. Okay. So now her two brothers, her brothers, are taking care of the estate, supposedly. Right. The rest of it. So I'm wondering, can, could she have passed it on like that? And then the other thing is, is that since my mother is, is now deceased, I want to be able to notify my uncles, letting them know that whatever they receive for my grandfather, that my mother's portion should come to her seven children. Right. Whether or not you're entitled to anything depends upon what was in your grandfather's estate plan, you know, the deal, the details. Did he have a will? Did he have a trust? He may have had a simple will that just left everything in in shares equally to his children. And so then when her father, your grandfather, died, she got that. And that means whatever your mother inherited should belong to her probate estate and should pass According to her will, if she had one. Did your mother have a will? No, she didn't. She didn't. Or your grandfather could have created an estate plan where your mother's share, whatever it is, was held in trust. In other words, it's a dynasty trust. I don't give it to my kids. I say it's held in trust for their benefit. And when they die, it goes on. But, you know, you have to find out the details of your grandfather's estate plan if your uncle won't give it to you. You know... Yeah. Now, here's what you can do. Now, again, anything that's coming is probably going to be divided seven ways between all of your mother's children, right? Yes. And, you know, they died in the 90s, and who knows what monkey business went on. Where is this? In Indiana? In Indiana, yeah. Yeah, you know, people, well, sometimes people hold money for nieces and nephews, and they forget that it belongs to the nieces and nephews, and do you know what I mean? And then, you know, I, I've, you know, people start to think the money is theirs, even there it's not. You would have to get a lawyer in Indiana to write some scary letters. And I, the best place to find a lawyer in Indiana, there's an organization called the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, NALA, N-A-E-L-A, NALA.org, O-R-G, N-A-E-L-A, NALA.org. You can get a list of elder law attorneys in Indiana. You can enter a zip code in there. I bet you the lawyer's going to want two, three thousand dollars to do something. Are you willing, you know, to invest two, three thousand dollars for a seventh share of whatever you can find? Well, my grandfather had quite a bit, so we, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, then, if you think that do you got any brothers and sisters who want to chip in a little bit with you, I can ask them. Plus, my uncle. I have aunts, two aunts and an uncle in Indianapolis as well. And you trust them. Yes, I do. Well, call them and ask them what happened. They, you know, they must have copies. Before you start hiring lawyers, go ask some nosy questions of family members and see what you can find out. And then you can they call me back. Know we'll see. Okay, thank you. They don't know anything either, right? Supposedly, but we'll find out. Thank okay, so yeah, yeah. That's the story on that. Joyce in San Jose, Len Tillum. How come you're calling a lawyer, Joyce? Uh, yes, uh, Lynn, I was calling because I felt like I had a racial epithet uh, told to me at work. And I was also sent home after this incident. I was, but the other person wasn't, uh, because I felt like it was racial. Wait, wait, tell, tell, me, tell me, what kind of work do you do, Joyce? Uh, I work in a doctor's office. I'm a certified medical assistant. And how many other employees? Uh, there's six of us. And 
What was the racial epithet? What, what did they say that offended you? Uh, well, the, the other person told me that I should be grateful that I'm not a typical black woman. Um, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. Oh, you should be grateful you're not a typical black woman. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody said to me, you should be grateful you're not a typical Jew, I would find that offensive. You know, it means, I guess, that typical black women are, are not nice. I don't know what. I don't want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they've got this racial stereotype in their mind that racist, you know, black people are like this. And you're not like that. So I like you. That's insulting, I think. Right. Yes. I guess I, I thought it was very racist and insulting. Yeah. Even um, if they even if they were trying to say to you that what they really meant to say was you're better than most other black people. Mm-hmm. That means I, black people I, I, are somehow I, I, inferior, but you're better than that. You're not one of them. I, that's that's racial discrimination, you know? Yes. And yeah. I, I told my supervisor that, and she said that, well, we were talking, we will sit down and we'll have a meeting so we can get this cleared up. Meeting never happened. This happened like two weeks ago. Yeah, wait, you got laid off? Well, I wasn't laid off, but I was sent home, and I feel like they don't want me back. Uh, and I feel like if I go back, it's going to be a hostile environment. And when I told my friends about what happened, they said, well, if you don't go back, you're not eligible for unemployment. Go back. Listen to Joyce. Joyce. Yes. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to play. It was, it it, it is a racist comment, and it's discrimination. Here's what you do. You play it smart, okay? Okay. Go back to work. Go back to work, you know, and your boss... Your boss is not responsible for the slant, for that statement. You know, your boss didn't cause that to happen, but your boss is responsible if his or her response to your complaint isn't adequate. And their response to send you home for a few days is an inadequate response. You got it? Uh-huh. Go back to work. Okay. And keep okay. a diary. And just for, keep okay. a diary. And if they say any more stuff, write it down. And then what okay. you also have to do is you have to file a complaint with the California okay. Department of Fair Employment and Housing. I'm going to give you a okay. phone number. You call them up right after you're done with me. California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, 800. Okay. You got mm-hmm. a pencil? Yes, I do. 800-884-1684. You want me to do it again? Okay. 800-884-1684. That's the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing. They'll send okay. you a questionnaire and schedule an interview. Okay. You can also contact... The EEOC, Federal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Okay. And that's, they got an office in San Jose. That's where you live, right? Yes, I do. Local mm-hmm. radio, we got phone numbers locally. Call the office in San Jose, set up an appointment, see what they say. Here's the number, 800 Okay. 669 Thank you very much, Tillis. This is yeah, and Joyce, don't uh, go telling them you're doing this. Just show up at work. Oh, I won't. I won't. Right, and write things down, and don't go looking for conflict. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that racist person you're confronting them is not going to do any good, and that might give them a reason to fire you. Whatever. You know? Okay. But talk to the California okay. Department of Fair Employment or Housing or the EEOC. They know more about it than I do. But I, okay. you know, if somebody said to me, you're not like typical Jews, it would hurt my feelings. Right? Yes, it was. It I was understand. Yes, I think it was. Okay? Yes. All right? Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much. Alex, in Menlo Park, how come you're calling a lawyer, Alex? Well, I uh, got a ticket for failure to yield to a pedestrian in the crosswalk. Yeah. How much is that ticket? Uh, $257. 
And how, points on your license? Was it one point? I believe it's one point. Okay, so how come you're calling me? Well, I went to court today. Um, I lost my case. The officer showed up. And I want to know if there's any other way I can fight this because I feel the pedestrian stepped about three steps into the crosswalk. The crosswalk lit up. Wait, 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 wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Okay, so the cop gives you a ticket. I want to go through this slowly like a trial. Hold on. Okay. Cop gives you a ticket and says you were in the crosswalk while a pedestrian was there. Were there those yellow lights well, in the road flashing? First, first he said, why didn't you stop at the crosswalk for the, for the yellow lights? And yeah. I was like, when does yellow lights mean you have to stop, officer? Wait, wait, are they the yellow lights on a traffic light or the yellow lights in the road? They're on the road. They're, there's these new crosswalks that they just... Yeah, 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 yeah. The yellow lights, uh, the yellow lights are not like the yellow between a red and a, uh, and a green light. The yellow lights on the road are to say, hey, stupid driver, open your eyes. There's somebody coming out here. Watch out or you'll kill him if you hit him. That's what the yellow lights are for. Okay. So first, how old are you, Alex? 25. First mistake you made was you got a little bit mouthy to the cop. You know, yeah. what did you say? Tell us, repeat it again so people can hear how dumb it really was. Say it again. Come on, be proud of it. So I said, when does yellow mean you have to stop? Yeah, and the, yeah really, really. <laughs> Good. I laughed myself. That was a stupid answer. It was, that was about as smart as saying yellow means you have to drink more liquid. You know what I mean? I, I mean, that was nowhere. So, all right, mouth off to the cop, young punk. You got tattoos on your face? No, not on my face. Not on your... So he couldn't see him, right? He couldn't see him, no. Right. Um, so, okay, so you went to court, or somehow you paid the ticket, or you paid the bail, and you said not guilty, right? Uh, I said not guilty. I haven't paid anything yet. I've been trying to back it up. But wait, wait. Then you went to trial, yeah? Yeah, I went to trial. And Okay, so you're in trial, and the judge says, Alex, the cop says you were... We're going through a crosswalk when a pedestrian was there and the lights, yellow lights were on. And what did you say to the judge? You didn't say, when does yellow mean you have to stop, right? No, I did not tell him that. Right, uh, right, I, right. Well, what did I you tell him? I just told him what happened. I said, Your Honor, that the pedestrians stepped out three steps into the crosswalk. I was in the far opposite lane, and there was traffic going right past them, not stopping for them. And I proceeded to believe it was safe to cross, so I proceeded and crossed. Well, you know, it probably was safe to cross. Okay, so the judge said, you're guilty. The cop showed up. He testified. You testified. And the cop, the judge accepted the judge, the judge accepted the cop's testimony over yours, right? You lost. Correct. Okay, and now you're calling me because you want to know what to do to beat this ticket. Yes, exactly. Okay, when you lose in traffic court, you can appeal. Okay. And you got this ticket in Menlo Park? Uh, Redwood City. Okay, is that Santa Clara County? Uh, I think it's San Mateo County, actually. Okay, you can go to the San Mateo County uh, Court website, okay? Okay. Um, and there's a form. It's called, you got a pencil? Uh, I do not. Uh, but, uh, you can listen I'm to the podcast. The it's yeah, CR-142. It, CR-142. And you have to file it within 30 days of the date of judgment. And another form, which is CR-143, which is your statement as to why you're appealing the decision, okay? Okay. So that and three and a half dollars will get you a cafe mocha latte at Starbucks because you're going to lose. To win on appeal, the courts don't have time for everybody who gets a traffic ticket who thinks the judge was wrong to appeal. They don't want to hear it. To win on appeal, you got to prove that the judge made an error in applying the law. 
Okay. And the law says he didn't, because the law says if you enter a crosswalk when a pedestrian is coming at you, you're guilty. And or else you'd have to prove you so the, the, the law judge applied the law right, and you have to prove the evidence admitted to trial could not have ever possibly justified the verdict. Okay. You, you follow me? But that's not gonna work because the cop was there and he testified. Evidence is, you know, what somebody says can be evidence. The judge believed the cop's story over yours. Uh-huh. Therefore, the judge admitted evidence that does justify the verdict. So it's over. Okay. There, there's no point in appealing. Okay. You got right. it? Pay the $250. Pay the 250 bucks and shut up. Got it? All right, cool. But thanks for a good story. I appreciate that, all right? Thank you. You know... I told him what a horse's ass he is, and he said, thank you. He's, not, he's a half a horse's ass. Listen to this. Let, let me explain something. You always wonder about this. I'm going to let you know. David Brown told me this. I wasn't even sure, but David Brown told it to me because he had to go to traffic court, traffic school. When a pedestrian enters a crosswalk and they're walking towards you, you know, let's say you're, they're coming towards you and they're crossing in front of your car, and you know, it's a two-way road, and they're coming. You have to stop if they're coming towards you. If... They're coming, let's say you're on the, you know, uh, and they're coming towards you first and they're going to the other side, to the oncoming traffic. They're going across. Once they pass you and go to the other half of the crosswalk, you can continue on, even though they're not, they're in the crosswalk, they're not in your half. But if they're on the other side coming towards you and you're on the far end of the crosswalk, which Alex was, you cannot go through it as long as the pedestrian's in the crosswalk. You got that? And that pedestrian was walking to him. I hope that makes sense. It's hard to explain this on the radio. The sound of one lawyer talking. Brian in San Jose. How come you're calling a lawyer, Brian? A year ago, I was diagnosed with uh, asbestos scarring in my lungs. Um, picked it up from construction when I was 18, about 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't have mesothelioma or asbestosis today. Thank God. But my doctors tell me that I've got asbestos in my lungs, and, you know, more, more or less is kind of a matter of time, 20 or 30 years from now. And I keep hearing... You know, it's 20 or 30 years from now, you might get mesothelioma as asbestosis, right? Yes. Yeah, I, that, that's, that's true. You know, how did you get exposed to asbestos 30 years ago? I was working construction on buildings uh, built in the 40s doing demolition, and and I was the kid, so they put me up in the roof with all the asbestos uh, insulation. Right, and no um, masks. Just an old-fashioned paper mask. Yeah, you didn't know any better. And by the way, you got that asbestos all over your clothing because you were working in it, and you went home to your family or to your wife and kids, and you went home. They could have gotten exposed to asbestos also through your clothing. Well, yeah, it's, uh, I, I was single back then, and I, I just there was no way else there. But uh, basically, I came back home uh, black as tar from all of the the insulation all right. around my nose and everything. Okay, and you want to know what to do, right? Well, yeah, I keep hearing these ads, and you know all the different no, no, uh, there is there's funds and right, there's what a, is all this about? And we did a show on this with Jim Gagan a few weeks ago. Jim has handled a number of these cases. There's a giant class action lawsuit against the entire asbestos injury. I'm sorry, asbestos industry. Giant class action lawsuit against the whole asbestos industry for injuries caused by asbestos exposure. Many of these companies have gone in and out of bankruptcy. And 
Um, there are some people like you or surviving family members, you're called a plaintiff, who get checks years or even decades after the family member dies. There is a fund out there. You can get money from the settlement funds if you can prove you're exposed to asbestos because the settlement recognizes the risk you will get ill someday. There are many lawyers out there who advertise and just ship you out and, and get a piece of the action. Jim Gagan used to work for Brayton Purcell. He, you know, I, I, he's here in Sonoma. He settles cases. He recently settled one for $6.5 million. He's been voted super lawyer. He handles them and works. It's an enormous expense. You have to show where the asbestos go to. There are enormous expensive databases. Jim works with a firm in the Bay Area that does it. And he knows what's going on and can guide you through it. So, Brian, we've got your name and number. And if you like, I'll have Jim Gagan give you a call. And, and I'd appreciate that because I want to take, be sure and take care of my family. Yeah, don't just sign up on somebody who's done an 800 number. Gagan used to do trials. Exactly. You really, those ones, they're just advertising and they're fishing and, and bottom feeders. So, well, and, you, if you read the small print, it always says that it can be turned over to somebody else. Yes, yes, yes. Gagan will work with another lawyer, but he's worked with them many times here in the Bay Area. You'll get good attention and, and work. Um, but by all means, let me have Jim give you a call. All right? Please. Yes, he he will I've do got, that. I've got medical evidence. Okay. Uh, and big surprise. L- let me make sure that David um, gets you. How would you know to call me? Because you're, 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 you're... I, I listen to your show when I'm driving home, and you you sound like a great lawyer, and you know your stuff all across the law. So. And I, I don't BS. I'm not, anyway, I, if you go to my webpage, lentillum.com, I think it was this week or last week, I did a show. David, when did we do the Gagan show? This week? David will look it up. But if you go to lentillum.com, it should be there in the law library. Sam, it's in the, is it in the webpage, the Gagan Show already? The last one we did? Yeah, I think it is. Yes, Sam Shea, it's there. Go to lentillum.com and look at um, Len's Legal Library. You'll find it. And it, there's a show with Jim Gagan. It should be there. So you can see it there. You can hear it there and listen to it. We've got your name and number. We'll have Gagan give you a call, okay? Thank you so much. Those are the calls for today. But we're doing emails, too. You can email me at lentillum.com. I work with three other lawyers. Here we are. We're still, I may not be on a radio station, but I'm still a lawyer. We still do trusts and estates and medical planning and who gets your stuff when you die. I've got those people. We do a great job. Personal injury. Jim Gagan does a good job. And we answer emails. Lentillum.com. Send me some emails. Good show today. Tell a friend. I'm on iTunes. Lentillum. Please give me some stars. Five would be nice. Be generous. Listen to me at my webpage, lentillum.com. Send me emails. We're going to answer them. Good show today. Come back for the next one. Every day, Monday to Friday, we're doing a fresh show. Thank you.